welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. My name's Ryan Freebury, Freebs the Tree, all that kind of business. And we are here again uh, for, well, I'm still going to call it episode two because I'm doing like what the Premier League do about their match week, whatever. It's officially three, but I wasn't in one. So I'm going to be all pretentious about it and pretend it didn't matter. Uh, I kind of see that as the preseason, then one, then two. Two people who were in episode one or fake episode one, as it's now going to be called, or episode 0.5, I don't know which way you want to call it, were Lisa Fox and Kieran Curtis, who joined me here tonight. So I made that sound like we're having a seance or something. So put your hands across the void of the Ouija board. And uh, Lisa, is there anybody out there? How are you doing? You're right. <laughs> Ever present, me. Mm, yeah yeah you were 100% strike rate yeah there you go and uh yeah I, I always think you're probably not going or something's going off or something crazy moving house or this or that or something like that and it's you're always there so congratulations on that Kieran uh how's things with you sir and we haven't spoke face to face this season because obviously you did the pre-season stuff and I've done uh fake or new episode one so yeah welcome mate how's things Mate, they're all good. They're all good. Uh, I I re-edited the name of that episode for you. So episode one from now on will be the season preview. Um, it makes sense because of the fact of what's in the graphics and stuff as well, I think, as well. So what I've tried to do with the graphics as well from now on is I've kind of preempted. So last last week was called 14 seconds when we scored the goal. And this one, I think, is called uh, Blunt Blunted because the Chef Wednesday fans like to call them the blunts, not the blades. So, yes, they were uh, down by the River Trent on a... Uh, I think it started off all right, then started raining a bit, didn't it? Started raining quite a bit on Friday night. Uh, Nottingham Forest took on our lovely... Uh, we call them rivals? Lovely <clears throat> enemies through the years of Sheffield United. Probably, as I as I called them a horrible name last time, uh, one of the, the most vile clubs I've ever really come across. Just not, not nice across the board, really. Uh, and it's good to have beaten them 2-1. Uh, with a very, very late goal. Uh, Lisa, before we uh, come and speak to you about your thoughts on it, let's have a little bit of a sound of Forrest sneaking one right late on. Ball in this time, he's headed away near post. Comes out for Danilo. Rain teaming down at the city ground now as Worrell finds the ball to Aurier right side. Aurier with the cross. Wood with oh, it! 2-1! Woody boy! Woody boy. <clears throat> Lisa, what's your thoughts on Woody Boy? My th thoughts are one down, four to go. I mean, I don't know if you heard last week, Kieran, but someone's predicted that he's going to get 15 this season. Um, that wasn't me. <laughs> Lisa's gone with five. Um, <laughs> I contributed to last week. I was trying to resent it. No, it was James Ross, that's right. Uh, he said 15 goals. Where do you think Woods will go with the goals? Uh, Woody Boy, Kieran. I, I could say he'd be worth 10 this year. Comfortably in between that range, I'll sit on the fence. But he's definitely going to chip in with a few, and they're going to be very valuable. Yeah, no, well, any goals are valuable in this league, absolutely. Lisa, I started asking you a question and stopped asking you a question. So, um, overall thoughts are obviously I don't have to ask you as a, as a, as all of us as a three. We're all happy with the three points, of course. Uh, it doesn't really matter how you play, but uh, I didn't celebrate when the goal went in. I was sat there, and Natalie had missed the first half. She was going to see the neighbours because they've got a dog. Um, and then when she came up to watch the second half and I was a bit like, it's one nil, we've been all right, but we went a bit shit in the middle of the first half and we are all right. And now, oh great, they fucking scored. And I was angry. And then when we scored, I didn't move. I just sat there like that. And she was like, and it's because I was like, in my head, I was going, good, we should be bloody beating these. Your thoughts, Lisa? The early goal killed it. There's no, let's no, make no bones about it. The goal, you know, uh, Taywo, rose like a salmon, got in between two defenders, planted that ball absolutely solid. And you're sitting there rubbing your hands together thinking, come on then, we're going to get 
four or five goals now because you just felt at that point we were up for it and then five minutes later it's like mm, yeah it's gone a bit flat and then it went a bit flatter um and am I surprised that they came out and scored no not really um did we have a few defensive mix-ups yes we did was I pleased to see Chris Wood on the score sheet of course I was. Um, and I mean, it's, what is it? Two goals in nine games for us now, both really important goals. Um, and like I said before, clean slate for him. Start the season as you mean to go on. And if you get a chance and like that, and you, I mean, that it was a really well-taken goal as well. They both were. Um, so, so yes, can't, can't fault it. Um, the only other thing that is a little bit Disheartening, I guess, is is our defensive back line at the moment. Um, that we had that mix up in defence that would have led to a goal by any like it one hundred percent would have been a goal had it been a Harland um, or a Jesus or a Marcus Rashford on the end of that that net, and and we cannot make stupid mistakes like that. No, uh, Kieran, I th- for me, I think the reason I didn't move was part of me was like. Because I've said we said this on the radio, I think I said it last last week as well on the pod. It's like I have not got this expectancy that Forest smash everyone, and I'm not that arrogant with it. But those are the games that if you want to step up, otherwise you're always going to be that kind of Everton the last few seasons, kind of sitting around 16th, 17th, oh, we're going to go down kind of thing. I want to see us step up. I have remembered us being Europe. I've remembered us being a better team than what we are. And I've done enough now of the 23 years out of the top flight that I think I want to see some progress, especially with what the uh the leaders are saying that we should be doing. So I, it was one of those, I think it was in the stadium, I'd have gone absolute batshit, but then instantly I'd have gone, yeah, bloody right. But overall, do you think Forrest deserved that? Or do you think that should have been a draw on the overall play? Not that it really matters. Oh, hands down, we deserved it. Hands down. I left that match and I had to drive back to Manchester, whacked on TalkSport, heard a load of the nonsense. Like The, the first guy who called in was chatting about Coops should be sacked after two games. I don't know what the hell you were doing, mate. It's just on another planet. I'm convinced it had to be a Derby troll. Um, then everyone else was chipping in as well in this, this negative mood. Last year, we don't win that game. Last year, the shot goes in and we lose 2-1. And the defensive frailties cost us. This year, we had enough about us to regroup and keep doing what was working. Yes, we took our foot off the gas. Swathes of that game that were too long, but it was never, never out of reach that we could score more than one goal in that game. We constantly looked a threat. They blew like they they came out hard for the second half and they ran out of steam and just couldn't keep it going for the entire half. Whereas we actually had the ability to then step it back up a gear. I seriously never had any doubt that we'd get the winner as long as we kept getting crosses into the box and kept going forward. Hoops made positive changes. He he took someone out of the back line so we could send more men upfield. Hold Maybe on. I'm pulling you really on stop, stop Kieran. Were they were they positive or were they necessitive? Because I'm and I'm not trying to knock the manager. I just I've seen a couple of takes on this this week on social media of uh, oh, people are knocking the manager for this. People are praising the manager for that and saying, well, you, but you kind of had to, didn't you? It was a bit like Arsenal. Oh, so you got you're going to have to go for this if you want it, and you're at home against a team you should beat. What other options was he going to do in terms of what that was? I, I'm, I'm not trying to... I love Steve Cooper. I, yeah, but he still had to make the call to do it. Mm-hmm. The way we were set up first half was enough to win that game. We were creating the chances. We just weren't being clinical enough, which is that really annoying Forest trait. When we had to really step it up, we committed more people forwards. And we we had, we had played a match where, do you know what? We weren't 
reduced to 25% of the possession. Um, we were creating chances consistently. Look, I, on the whole, look, I refuse to be negative about that game because that's three points, well earned. Um, and there was a good lesson in that for most of the players as well. You've got to do it for the entire game. And they know that. And that's pretty clear now. And I think Coops will have learned a few things about his formation and starting lineup too. Well, this is... Scott McKenna and Joe Worrell together. Not a recipe for disaster, but there's definitely going to be an error in there at some point. Well, this is what the opposition manager thought about our subs that we could bring up. Yeah, and, and the difference was you, you could see it, and it's no disrespect to the players. We're bringing on Antoine and Brooks in there, bringing on Ilanga Wood and Yates, and that's where we're at. It's a great opportunity for those guys, you know, but it, it's a big, big step up and a, and, a, and a tough place to learn your trade. Yeah. I mean, so when you are bringing on Ryan Yates, I do get it, Paul Hockingbottom. It's, it's, it's a tough thing to have to face because Lisa, it's almost like this morning bringing Beelzebub from down in hell, bringing him in with his mixing it up. Ryan Yates has to start for Forrest. I mean, I was trying to think why he'd missed out. I was watching, you know, there's that lull where you said you, you guys were both in the crowd, so you probably felt it very differently to me. So I've got all the commentators, Bertles, starting off positive, then being really negative, and it was like whizzing around. And there was a bit where I was going like, yeah, the crowd do sound off. And I always hate when I feel like that, because I'm I'm not there, and I won't, well, I can hardly, you know, shout. I've not done anything. But I could feel the lull. I could feel it like that. I mean, that's where I started going, okay, Mangala. But Danilo didn't do a lot for me in that game. And I think Morg's probably had one of his worst games as well in terms of running around everywhere and not really getting involved in his final ball and stuff. But that's the beauty of Forest at the minute is that we do have that one season depth a bit more, don't we now, where we're not looking at, you know, not no disrespect to him, not going, Alex Mighton's now the option. We can bring on our people like Yatesy and stuff. And Yatesy just, just made such a difference, didn't he? Lisa? He did. It was it was all about the tempo, wasn't it? And the tempo had dropped. Mangala had, had had a really good game, a really solid game up to that point. Um, but he was just starting to go off the ball. And you're right, I don't think Danilo was backing him up enough. He wasn't busy enough for me, whereas Morgs was very busy. Um, but it just wasn't that, that it was just it's all about that final ball. And we said it last week against Arsenal that Morgs is in my top one. You know, he he is the most skillful player that we've got by a mile. Um, but he tries too hard and he's got to realise that he can't do it all. And for him to just release the ball a little bit earlier or not take a player on and, and do the simple stuff better um, actually gets us further up the field. So the, the substitutions were right. I think the three substitutions that he made were absolutely spot on. And I think a lot of the time over the course of the last two seasons, we have commended Coops on his substitutions because you get some managers that make the substitutions and you're like, what? What's he done that for? Why has he taken him off? And I know it's a matter of opinions, but it's it's always good when your opinion is the same as the manager's. And it comes off. That's the one, you know, when they go for that. And it comes off. Be playing Ben Olsen more. He's an American starlet. And then he was, he was always quite good, Ben Olsen, I think. But it's just like, it is, it is a game of opinions, like you say, but also it's a game that mostly matters with the results. In fact, that's all that matters. That's that's the way it goes. So, um, yeah, Danilo, was it? I got it in my head. He took Mangala off and left Danilo on, didn't he? Because I was in my head thinking Danilo needed to come off. I just thought he was having... I don't think he's one of them players that is just going to lose it. I still think he's always got a bit of magic in him, probably more than the hard graft that I see Mangala do, or Mangala, as he keeps getting called on the older commentary there, which I just can't see that being wrong. Mangala T. It's got to be Mangala, surely. But um, Kieran, would you, and with that defensive thing, looking into, I know we'll talk about the away game with United coming up in a minute, but for a home game like that, if you're going to be playing Danilo, Mangala, or Yates, are, are you having two that you're always keeping with that? Or are you just going on form, or is there a two that you think work better out of them lot? Or is Yatesy going forward a bit more now? Because he's meant to be this new number eight type thing, isn't he? I think Yatesy wants to go forward more. 
I, I know people didn't think Danilo was that dynamic um, and he was always looking for, for a backward pass. Again, this early in the season, I'm not going to criticise that too heavily because he might have been given a specific job to do and it might be to just link play up. There were a lot of times in that game where the ball went backwards to allow us to then break forward and for us to anchor around the back. If Danilo's job, and I don't know, but if his job was receive the ball and give it someone quick, and if that first outlet to him was backwards, well, that's unfortunate, but that might have been what the instruction was. Mm. Is it as expansive and exciting a role as we saw him undertake last year? No. Early days, really early days. I think it's going to be really important that whoever we've got in this midfield three, that they are able to drop and rotate and cover duties pretty fluidly between them all. I think they are pretty capable of that. But the problem is whoever gets lumped with the anchor and like sitting deepest is always going to look somewhat underwhelming. They just will. But like the thing is, you've seen from Yatesy that he can do it, and you've seen Danilo definitely can. I was about to say Mangala can't, but I remember Leeds away, he can hit a ball, you know? I just see him more as a defensive of it. In fact, the more I see them, I see him more as that central one, Mangala. It just seems I like his link in between the two. I kind of like him in that middle. But I, I, do you know what? I don't think, I mean, Yatesy, as Lisa said loads of times, he loves what my granddad used to call the muck and nettle stuff. They're getting in there, getting scruffed in. I don't see any of them as particularly like hard, tough defensive midfielders. They're all quite cultured in their own way, which I quite like about it. Uh, one thing I'm going to talk about, I think had a good game. I'm going to switch around the pitch a little bit here. Because um, as I've said, I thought overall that middle bit of the first half and bits of the second half, Forest weren't great. There was a lot of backwards, Kieran, like you said, and that kept getting up on the commentary I was watching of. I don't know why Forrest is going back all the time. Why are they going back? Where's that impetus seem to have gone? Uh, but when it did go back, I think uh, our goalkeeper, Lisa, had a fine home debut. Would you not agree? He did indeed. And his distribution, he looks he looks steady. Um, and I think if the Henderson deal is dead in the water and we have to have Turner as our backup option, and that's not being disrespectful to him, then he's a really good backup option. But we still need a number two. Um uh, but I mean, yes, he he did make you know the, the, the when there was the mess up from uh, Worrell and McKenna, and their player trail was through clean on goal. The save that he made at that point was probably the turning point in the game that allowed us to then go on and win. Because had they scored there, it's Forest. Anything could have happened. Well, it's, it's probably there with Bree Samba with that wonderful save against uh, against Sheffield. Oh, I'll never forget that one in the playoff. Uh, Kieran. Um, Serge Aurier was given man of the match in some places. In other places, I heard he's overweight. He's come back a bit bigger than he should have done. I think he's got a mistake in him all the time. I must admit, post-game, I was a bit like, that's those amazing balls in, both of them. I don't think he had that great a game. And it's, and it's seen from what I've seen that it did. It's funny how a player can do that sometimes in a match where some people are going, oh man, look at these stats. And other people are going, I just thought he was a liability. <laughs> what, what can you say? If his job was to get more crosses into the box this season, then he absolutely smashed that. He picked two absolute pearlers out. And that is all we're going to remember this game for. In a few weeks' time, that is all anyone's going to remember his contribution to that game. I agree. I was was chatting to Harpel about this, actually. I think he's come back. Arguably not out of shape, but more... It's like he's put on muscle. So he is a bit heavier and a bit slower. But... Is that adding something to his game elsewhere that we'll be thankful for at another date? Or is it preparing for, you know, life in pastures new? We'll, we'll find out. Maybe he's got a medical to pass. Um, it, it's all about the just, yeah, muscle hey, just going back, though, on 
Matt Turner, I was in the ground super early um, on on Friday night. Matt Turner's entire family were there, decked out in kits, front row, getting loads of pictures. Um, he is someone who has quite clearly bought in to Nottingham Forest very fast. I'm delighted to have him as our goalkeeper. It was a huge save that he made. And at, what is it? What have we actually spent? Seven, nine million? Do we know what it's rising to? Seven, yeah. Either way, a drop in the ocean compared to what we were going to have to gamble with Henderson, who I'd still take, but at 20 plus million and a question mark over his, his fitness, we've not done bad out of this situation whatsoever. It's because Henderson's English as well. We have that thing where there's that premium. Is it once you've had an England cap as well, you, your money goes. Oh, they're the future of this, the future of that, or Pickford's at Everton. You know, people add this extra bit on. I think because it's an American keeper, there is still however much I don't think the English have got over it since whether it was the 30s or the 50s when they beat us in a World Cup. There's a bit like we've got the American keeper, but you know. But from what I've seen, I, I've really taken on board the distribution thing. I'm pointing at Lisa like she's there, she's not. She's somewhere on this thing. Um, and it's just like somebody mentioned the distribution. I noticed it every time he got that ball, he was ready to bowl it out. There was no, I think maybe twice I saw a hoof up the pitch, maybe when it was getting a bit more near the end, but that distribution got us going straight away. I didn't see any of them go to their players straight away. Didn't see any of them go to anyone in danger straight away. And I think that's got to be worth something straight away. That's not really a question to anything. If anyone wants to add a final comment on the goalkeeper before I move to the trial for the defence. I just want to say the bought in comment, as in bought in a house in Ravenshead. Because that's how bought in Henderson was. Apparently, his girlfriend, partner, Mrs. Whatever, um, is living in Nottingham, which is a little bit random. She's not going out with Matt Turner, is she? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, she has to now. That's the rule. That's the rule. That's so the rule. With Navas, oh, yeah. I Navas. I saw with Navas and his partner came up. Uh, no kids, but they all had the stuff on as well. But I think with Navas, it was probably more quaint. Whereas I think Turner, if you've been that understudy for a while, and you know Arsenal must be a hell of a move coming over from the states and all the business, it's it must be it must have had some words in the ear saying he's going to be X Y Z or get the opportunities or you know we might get this bloke called Dean Henderson. Why do we? But do you know what? If I was him in some ways and he's got that chance, he knows Henderson's not fit for however long. Well, that's what we keep hearing. Get in there, start establishing yourself, get that seat nice and warm underneath your bum bum. Well, he's fit that's what's interesting, isn't it? Can we take? Asana out like early doors on Saturday, so Henderson has to come on. Because he's I only got this. one leg. I said, I, I said this. Get get some of our oh, bigger looks dropping off Anana's toes at corners. <laughs> um, we would have to get corners first for that to work, I guess. But we we can live in hope. Um, let's talk about the defense briefly. Um, I feel really sad because all that season we did it, and I say Scott McKenna, he'll get to the Premier League before us, and then he did. Uh, with us obviously which was amazing and it does show you and this isn't a bash on Scott because I I love him to bits and I I just think that you can see a bit of a difference with our best players from the championship versus that step to what there is in other leagues Um, I say Joe Worrell at times last season I thought looks out of his depth but then actually I don't think he had the worst of games in some ways and that ball out for a surge so it's, it's a game of opinions and Forest overall weren't great but the three if you were picking your three centre-backs apart from ones that Lisa fancies or including that and got to meet. Um, who would be, Lisa, your three centre-backs you would be playing by choice if you were playing a three? Or if it were a two, who would those two be and why would it be Felipe and Neocarty? Because <laughs> they're the best defenders we've got. I mean, that's, that's just a no-brainer, isn't it? You, you ultimately you play your best defence um, and Neocarty and Felipe, for me, would be our our pairing. And that's, that's not being disrespectful to the others. Um, that said, if I had to choose a third, it would probably be Bolly. Um, but he's got 
a mistake in him as well. So I think Worrell's just been steady. And I don't want to be disrespectful to him because actually it, it, I think it's a confidence thing. And I said this um, when we were talking about the pre-season game, that I think for him, it depends who he's alongside. And that that actually showed in the, the, the mess up between the two of them that neither one of them wanted to claim the ball. And actually, one of them should have just been... I, mean, I don't know whether there's a rule now that you can't shout, mine. You can never shout mine. You've always got to shout the name. It's always... These My ball. ...about mine, because you could be putting somebody else off by saying mine if they weren't on your team and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but that was, that was the Harry Arter thing, wasn't it? Years ago. Yeah. Oh, but he told... he told. I think they were playing Watford, and he shouted... And I think, actually, for Ibjur like this, because I think it might have been Shalabar, um, but he shouts, leave it as um, he was coming to put his laces through it and then he just walks it out from the edge of the box. It's it probably the, the best thing I've ever seen Harry R to do. It's quite crickety in a way. It's kind of a cricket rule. It's kind of one of those gentlemen, that, oh, that's very unsporting of you, sir, to be uh, saying leave it. It's not my ball. It's game. true. It's across a lot of sports though because it was the same in, um, I'm pretty sure it was the same in rugby. You can't you can't shout mine. Um, I think, well, do you know what, Lisa? I've thought of a point when you mentioned Warrell there and I've probably... It's only sort of become more, you know, apparent since I've been in the Premier League. I think Worrell and Yates are very similar in the way of probably ability in terms of what they've got for this. They do very different jobs. I get that, right? Before everyone's shouting at the radios or the phones, what they're listening on. But Yates has got that situation where often he can get away with it a bit more if there is a problem because he's got people behind him, whereas Worrells are going to be a lot more visual if it happens because you're a defender. Just as much as if I stuffed it as a striker as a kid, I might get another shot later on. But I think in terms of it is a confidence game. It's a belief in what you've got and making the best of what you've got. Um, and that I just I just feared that that game, there was times where at the back we look, if this was Haaland, or, I mean, we saw him bad, didn't we, at the City ground last year, he didn't put one away. But against the top level, we're going to face a lot more of, we're going to get spanked if we stop pissing around like that again. Yeah, 100%. But I'd like to see, and, 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 sorry, I was just saying, I'd, I'd really like to see that slowed down, actually, because the way McKenna leaves that ball, he is 100% thinking that Joe Worrell is either going to head it, um, but that can be his only thought because it doesn't land on your back. Like he, he's whatever's happened, McKenna has taken his eye off the ball completely and is expecting someone else to mop it up for him, which tells me either Worrell has made a shout and then not delivered on it, or McKenna's just made a horrendous decision of his own volition. Either way, communication, lads, let's chat. Got away with it. Got away with it. Luckily, but won't always be the case. I'm going to play a clip by Steve Cooper in a minute because I've just got him in the corner of this. And it's just like he's staring me out. Uh, before we do, uh, Lisa, uh, my boy Brennan, watch. Um, how do you think he did? Well, this this was a bit of a uh, talking point, wasn't it? Because I thought Brennan had a pretty decent game. I mean, um, yes. What was he? Is usual busy, busy self? No, but he he was. In the build-up to the goal, I thought he won the ball really well. He looked quite strong. Um, and I thought he was pretty intelligent um, to, to actually to, to follow that ball through, get the ball back to surge, and, and we're 1-0 up after three minutes. Um, I think he's still learning the game. I think he's, he's he was tracking back. He was, try, he was winning headers. He was actually trying to be involved. Um, and, yeah, I'm... Um, it's not for me he is not a player who is looking for a move away if that move comes it's from deeper within of money needs and things like that precisely I, look, look, it's the same mate it's the same as those people knocking chris woods or oh, chris woods is coming on I and mean, you see it on twitter in the in the ground which apparently was a lot going on i don't give a shit 
if I'm if I'm wrong about a player, if I think you know my my thing I say about the instinct thing, whatever it is, or if I don't particularly think you know Jesse Lingard when he signed, I was like, oh god, this guy seems like a bell end from what I've seen about him. But the importance to what it was over the season, you know, I don't mind being wrong with that. You put on that red shirt, I'm behind you. Uh, so we're Chris Woods, uh, you know, the human. They must know and hear things, and God knows what. And I'm glad that he got a goal because, as we said, he's got a lot of Premier League experience, and they're the kind of goals he'll get. Brennan. Do I think that I'd be more, as I said, gutted if we lost Morgan than him? Absolutely. But um, I still want him to whiz down that wing and get us some goals or get him in for Tywo, whatever we do. Uh, and by the way, while we're here, equaling the record of Stan Collymore in terms of consecutive games scored, I think it's eight goals in six games now for a one a year, if you're taking the end of last season as well, is that for someone who generally when I first saw him, thought this is a five goal a season guy, we've got another Gary Jones on our hands. It's one of those ones. Um, he's he's looking better and better every time I see him, and every and I know it's mattering as well because when I watch Forrest with Natalie, she goes, "I don't know why Chelsea aren't going for a one a year rather than Johnson. Like we need a striker. He's great." And I'm like, "120 well, million." Having having watched them yesterday, having watched Chelsea yesterday, I don't think they do need a striker. So he's not going to play for them, is he? But was it Kieran? Was it yours who said if he goes to Chelsea, Brennan, he'll enjoy playing for Standard Liège or something? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. and Tessa on him, yeah. Um, by the way, we need to set up a swear jar. Every time you say Chris Woods, Reeves, you need to put you need to put a pound in for the end of season drinks. All right, Woody boy. <laughs> yeah. It's not as bad as some of the Sky commentators are, and the BBC commentator. I I get that Taiwo can have a little bit of variation how you want to pronounce it. Where some are getting our nihi from, I don't know. That's a new one that, that's only emerged this year. It's not a new Somebody's one. Somebody's asked him, though, haven't they? Ooh, I, I hope so. We need to find out. I thought someone had asked Taiwo. Sorry. That's all right. I'm going to play. Uh, I'm going to play. You know the answer. Yeah. No, at least it doesn't. She couldn't say his name for a bloody season. So. <laughs> Taiwo. Report back <laughs> next week. I'm going to play Steve Cooper. Show where he comes. This is an era where it's a 100 minute game. Um, it's you need more than your starting eleven. You need strikers to score in the first half and strikers to come off the bench to score in the second half. And um, I mean, I'm really pleased for Taiwo again, but I'm really pleased for Woody because um, he's come back from a long-term injury, showed great commitment. He's a real leader in the dressing room. He's part of the leadership group, and we need to get behind everybody now. And, and because you know th these guys can make a real difference for us. So this is an no uh, no transfer talk this week from uh, the gaffer. Uh, just uh, not well, not as much anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, it's good at the end of the day. You've taken off your guy who's scoring all your goals. You brought on the guy who's kind of a, he's meant to be the similarish kind of role and he's got one as well. So lovely. Away we go. What is it? Three goals in uh, two games, which is nice. Like you were saying on the radio, Lisa, same points as last season, but much better goal difference situation. Um, I'm going to move on briefly to the next game coming up because I'd like to end with the red hot takes and a little bit of fantasy football news with Kevin Curtis. That was very Alan Partridge. I didn't mean it to be quite as Partridge as that was. Um, but yes, Manchester United away, and I'm going to start with you, Kieran, being the resident uh, man in that area, like I have to be for things, Brighton and stuff like that. Uh, why are we going to beat Chef uh, Manchester United on uh, Saturday? Because I think we are. Ah, I've got a feeling in my bones, mate. They're, they're looking a little bit wobbly. There's a, not a bad time of year to play United at the start of a season, because they always seem to take a while to really get into a head of steam. Um... Let's 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 go two 0 away from home. Why not? I it's funny because I was thinking about this in the car, and I was going to ask you both this in your own in your own way of what you see it. You know they say it's good time to play them early doors, like, and I'm thinking with Chelsea because obviously we've got them coming up, and it's it's a big one for me and the misses, and it's like, yeah, but by then they will have played Luton at home next, and then us. 
is that enough time for that start getting warmed up or not? Or you know, like they'll when be complacent. they'll they'll play Luton, think they've hit their stride, and they get twatted by Forest. Well, that annoyed me because I was listening to the Guardian pod and uh, uh, Barry Glendelling, what he called, was on there, and he said something about Chelsea. He said, and the next up games are Luton and Forest. He said, well, they shouldn't have any problem with those. And I was just like, well, they drew against us at home last season. And they were behind at one point. So, you know, it, obviously, if you're not in the top six, no one gives a shit about your fixtures. I need to put my earliest apology and retraction in ever. In the season preview episode, I I reckon Chelsea were going to be up amongst it this year with the lack of pressure and the high quality coach and the raft of signings that they continue to be able to make. Ooh, I'm dad. No, I got it wrong. Got Dude, it wrong. It's a long way to go. It's a lo- I still think they'll be sick, but uh, it's a long way to go. And this is, I can't make this too much about this because she will listen and she'll be like, what did you say that? I showed her the picture of you with uh, Felipe, Lisa. I'm just like, I think I made some really awful, like, repredated comment, like, what if that was a man with a woman in it? She went, well, like it was for centuries. I was like, okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to Manchester United away, Lisa. What's what's tingling in your bones? Well, you know, when we played them at Christmas last year, I thought it was a good time for us to play them because they were doing pretty shit. And, and that game, if I look back over the course of the season, was one of the games that really annoyed me because they were shit and we should have have been better and um, I think obviously we couldn't have Hendo in goal so we got Hennessy and he made an absolute balls up for their first goal and then they, they scored again um, so it will actually be nice to see us with um, Turner in goal and is our back four as strong as it was when we played them last year possibly not um, but I think we can go out there and give them a jolly good go and I expect us to get something out of the game Kieran, are you going to comment on the fact she just turned into a member of something from Sherlock Holmes with a jolly good go, or is it? Uh, it's your it? fault for bringing cricket into this uh, pod so early, mate. We're all we're all going a bit landed gentry. Oh, no. uh, I, I just want to point out: last year, Casemiro was a real problem for us when we played United, and he mm. dominated those games. He looks a bit lost in their midfield at the moment, and I think that is what might rescue us because he doesn't necessarily look fit. Doesn't have another outlet alongside him that can seemingly uh, keep them in, in, in the game and give him the, the freedom that he needs. I just think if we set ourselves up right, and this is the big question will be, how do we go? Because if we have two wingers, you have to sacrifice either Alanga or Jono to play MG. Alanga, you play Alanga, you have to. It's, it's okay, the- fine. Well, then that's that's your call. And then that will allow you to have three players in the midfield, which include Yates alongside. Um, maybe it's Oral, maybe it's Danilo, maybe it's Koyati coming in to do some more ugly stuff as well. But either way, we need to have that dominance in the midfield to win that game. Lisa Fox. I, I was just going to say, and that is why 100% Ryan Yates will be on that pitch because he will be on there to man-manage Casemiro 100%. Yeah, just think of the you just said. It's so beautiful. Ryan Yates will be on there to man-manage Casemiro. <laughs> we'll find him in his pocket later on. Yeah, um, but that 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 is it. It's We will 100%, 100% have a midfield three, um, and there will be a sacrifice up top, potentially. Um, but I, I don't think Alanga will start. No, I, I think it, it'll be... I think it'll be... Jono. What, uh, what score are you going for then, Lisa? I am going to go for a 1-1 solid draw. Mm. Having said what I thought, and when Kieran went 2-0 so gushingly, 
I think we'll lose 3-0. Now you said that. Just, will this be the game where they wake up? Because Wolves and Spurs, come, I thought they did all right with them in the midfield. I know United had chances against Spurs and what from what I saw, but it, I, I do think you still need to play them early. Remember Brentford turned them quite early doors, didn't they, a couple of seasons ago as well? And um, I mean, Man City, I think when you get them, you get them. Chelsea, you're just hoping they've not found the code by that point. Man United, I think, you know, if it's, you need a better time to play them, you do. Big place to go. Hopefully we've got a lot of tourists in. Um, and, you know, the fans are the usual, not as good as ours. And uh, we get something from it. Kieran, you look like you're about to say something or you're squinting at me. I just hate their fans, mate. I hate United fans. I felt, I've not, I never felt sorry for them. Growing up, they were always the knobheads in my town who, if you didn't support Forest, Sheffield Wednesday or something like that, like most people who scared did because of where your family had come from. There was all the Man United, Liverpool fans in the 80s, Man U in the 90s. And they were properly like when we did them at Old Trafford 2 1 in, I always have to do it from 92, 1993, very good, 93, 94, 94, December 1994. I sat at the front row of a play that these Man United fans were in at another school, just going like this. <laughs> so I'm doing 2 1 with my fingers. I realize it's bad for a podcast. And so I always wanted to do them. And then they started moaning about, oh, we don't win anything. Oh, it's really, oh, sorry. Oh, mate, we, well, I can't leave the South accent now. Oh, mate, we're not winning anything anymore. United now. Fergie's go fuck, you know. Um, and I was like, well, this is called being a normal club. You were surreal. You were yeah. surreal in the 90s. But that's, but that's it. So they have this weird level of, you've mentioned Taurus. And personally, I don't really have anything against Taurus fans wanting to come over and watch a game. You do you. If you can afford it, go to it. Does it hamper some people's ability to get in the ground? Yeah, it does. It does. But those people were probably already priced out. But the annoying thing at United is because they were successful so long, they have this level of tourist fan that thinks they're part of everything and already is in on whatever the club's atmosphere is. And when you were being that little dickhead doing the 2-1, they do that in the stadium, like unironically. You know, it's their first time there. They've got a brand new shirt. They probably... I won't put it past them, you know, probably still getting Ronaldo put on the back. But they 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 behave like that in the ground. And there was a group of them at the Carabao Cup game. And I've never wanted to find someone after a game more. They were just so irritating. I mean, so irritating. Oh, with the shoulder, Kiri. Give it a Johnny. Yeah, and the, mate, I'm only, you know, I'm five foot nothing. People wouldn't see me coming. Well, that's, that's why Johnny was, Johnny wasn't the biggest, was he? But that's why his body got so battered up because he was just going straight in as a hard man. Um, I've gonna, I'm gonna have one more topic before I open it up to the reds. The red, I got to be red hot takes. I want it to be red hot takes, but I can't do a thing about it. That S is in the way, like Chris Wood. See, that's, what that's a quid. Is it soddy now? I use that on purpose. I even December, what it was, you can keep me pan right back in my pocket. Anyway, I'm good. Anyway, so um. <laughs> take money off me. Um, so uh, this is what we're going to go with. It's we're on about it on the radio, and I think it's a good point about how Forest, in that first half against Sheffield United, went into that kind of backwards bit in a way, and you know games move with the tide. Lisa, this will ultimately end up starting with you. Um, and I was saying that Forest are a bit of a. I'm going to ask you this as well, Kieran. They're a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde side because you play a certain way away from home, which is taking a lot of the possession, and um, you know, sorry, not taking a lot of possession, not having much of it, and taking a lot of the pressure. And then you decide when it's the point to either hit the pedal and go for it or do you hold on for the draw. At home, there's a different expectation when so many of your points have come that way, and especially against teams that you are meant to beat. You know, 50%, I think, of on the thing was going for us versus 22 for the draw, 22 for United, wherever that was on. Do you think that does, in some way, Lisa, mess slightly with the psychology of the two people you've got to be? I mean, or is it just that most teams have to do that and only Man City generally don't? <laughs> I think you've probably hit the nail on the head there, that there, there are probably four or five teams that will play the same way regardless because they should be superior to little old forest 
Um, but Arsenal showed, you know, they set up the way that they set up. Yes, we set up pretty defensively and didn't really touch the ball very much. Um, but as you saw again at West Ham yesterday against Chelsea, you would like Chelsea probably should have won that game pretty comfortably. And they were outbattled and they were outplayed. And and there was and the same in the, the women's World Cup final that England didn't particularly play badly, but Spain were just that little bit faster, that little bit fitter, and got to the second ball quicker. Um, and ultimately that was the difference. Um and as a as a little old forest, um, or as as little forest are. I think we have got to be different home and away, but there, there is that expectation at home is to get something out of the game every time, regardless of who we're playing, um, because we will be that little bit less defensive. Um, away, it's it is a little bit more different, and I think like I think we will see the three in the middle on on Saturday for exactly that reason that Cooper is pretty good with his tactics most of the time. And doesn't get it wrong that often. That said, mm. um, we are in the Premier League and there is no room for any mistakes, as, we, as we've saw last season. So I, I think there will be a three in the middle on Saturday. I think we might change formation at the back as well. Um, it will be quite interesting, but I do expect us to come away with something. I like it. Kieran, do you see us winning more away games this season? Not because of just who's come up, just the way Forrest might attempt it. And do you see us giving anyone a 7 or 6-0 licking at home this season? Do you think the shackles will be off that much at any point? The opportunity to batter someone 6-7-0 has just passed on Friday night. Um, so I don't think, don't think we'll get that one. I So home or away... I kind of subscribe to the Roy Keane philosophy on it. It's like you, it doesn't matter where you're playing, but you have to win on effort to start with. And that's what we need to see more on away from home because last year we just looked like we we were there. We were an also ran. They we let them have the ball and we didn't really go at them. What we need to do this season is get in people's faces a bit. It's fine to lose. It's part of football. And it's just how you do it, isn't it? And I won't I won't fault anyone. If we limit teams to shots from 30, 40 yards and they happen to get a screamer every now and then, okay, well done them. They, they had that in their locker. Just want to see people get at, at the opposition a little bit more and our counter-attacks not be lumped up top in the hope that it will stick to Brennan on a ridiculous sprint and inevitably it not because he has to bring it down from 100 feet in the air first time. It, it's just unlikely. So I I know I'm being very optimistic saying 2-0 and it's probably a bit tongue-in-cheek on my part. I'd absolutely take a draw. Um, I just want to see us match them for the actual effort on the pitch because United last year never really got out of second gear with us. They just they were just a better team and you know didn't, didn't really uh, stand on our neck or anything, took a couple of opportunities and then just coasted and we lacked the quality and a bit of the grit to really go back at them. That's what needs to be remedied first. We so, had a score, didn't we? The one in that League Cup where I thought it was disallowed and I would have made a bit of difference, but that's should have, would have, could have. But I think that there was a stat the other day I heard when you guys were at the game and I, I can't remember if it was 27 or 37. So just so I don't go completely insane, I'm going to say it was 27. Points that Forrest let go from winning positions. 27, which was the highest in the league last season. 
Someone might have to check me on that stat. And if you do put it in the comments underneath, but I'm sure that's what they were saying from it. And that kind of made me go, well, we have gone at teams at times and we have been in the leader. Just at home, I just want to go. The only guarantee, I mean, I still think the city grounds one of the best places in the world to watch football. It's definitely in this country, right? The guarantee of any time in the 90 or 100 minutes that you'll see football in during a game these days is the start. You've got Mull of Kintyre. You're all going for it. You've all had a couple of pints and you've had your bovril. If it's a cold, I love a, I love a Wednesday or a Tuesday night, personally. And all that kind of business. And everyone's hyped up. That is the time that I'd be unleashing the dogs of war because the fans are so there at the start. There might be a lull because so-and-so's got on top or whatever. I'll just go. I'll just go at every team at home from the kickoff. It's probably a stupid thing to say. It's not a question for either of you to answer. So I'm hoping one of you just goes, yeah, or says something after. But do you agree, either of you, that that's Forest at home should just go mental at people? No. Yeah. Thanks, Kieran. Yeah. Lisa, do you want to go mental at home? Always. But what I was just trying to think was whether it was 27 or 37. And the, the fact is, if we were in the winning position against Bournemouth and Fulham at least four times, then it probably was the higher number. I've got a feeling it was 27, but we'll have to, to door check it up. We are going to come to that time of the show now where uh, just before... Um, I don't know which way to do this, actually. Kieran, have you got any... Do you want to do any insights to your fancy... Your Kieran's world of fantasy? Do you want to do it now or do you want to do it... I think it might just be a bit of a weird ending to the show and I'd rather end with a hot, well, hot take. You know, I'll caveat it with the the Arsenal game hasn't kicked off, so none of those points will be counted yet. And I'm very much reliant on Arsenal for uh, my fantasy team. In this league, anyway, I'm doing way better in my uh, head-to-head fantasy draft league. Uh, everyone on top of that table. But in the Forever Forest fantasy table, uh, I am way down in 38th place with Rhythm is a Langa at the moment. Top where, are you? Of... where are you? 38. I'm 130th. Yeah, that's not good. Lisa, where are you? Do you know? Are you awful? Are you all over than me? I'm looking, I'm looking. This is a bit we've all got to do if we're doing this. My team's book called Bubbles Kelly Tuesday, by the way. Kieran, what's yours called? I'm rhythm is a langer, and I'm not the only rhythm is a langer. There is a second a rhythm is a langer in the league. Uh, but Lee Scottney is in 77th, so being the better rhythm is a langer, it's my name. You have to change yours. Very there are Lisa Fox. Look, top, 120th. All right, so she's down in the. Ship. I've got I've got Arsenal players in my team, so I expect to go up later. Same. Kieran, give us your top three and what's been going on. Who's been the big movers and shakers? Right. So at the minute. Probably in a mess. Josh Amos is top of the pile. Uh, 139 points. 62 points so far from this weekend, which is almost twice the average at this point. Second place is Morgan Sniffs White, which is uh, a candidate for a good name. So he uh, and I both went with Mitoma, but I didn't make him capture anything. I made Morgan Gibbs-White my vice captain for this game against Sheffield United because I just saw something coming. What a bad move that was. Yeah. No, you should have triple captain Aurier like any sane person would have. Um, and then Robert Harris is in third spot with Harris FC. Do you want to give Harry Baxon a shout out though? Because I think this is my favourite name in the uh, the league this year. We a one year just begun. Oh, that's beautiful. That is absolutely. Is it a one year though? Christ, don't yeah. put that. At least you couldn't say the name anyway. Don't put it in the middle of a song. Well, it's very, I've only ye just begun, which I think is absolutely wonderful. I like Elaine Howard's team, Elaine's Heroes. I just, that's something I like about that very much. It made me very much a happy man. Um, so, yeah, with the Arsenal game as well, I think I've got Saka and potentially a defender or something. I don't know who can make a difference, but um, let's see. Everyone's quickly trying to get Reese James out their side. I know that. 
another Chelsea players who are knackered again. Far too much Chelsea in this podcast. Right, we are going to move on to the final section, uh, which currently is called uh, the Reds Hot Take, where we like to have your audio clip. So if you're trying to send us one on Twitter, you do need to just uh, drop us a little message underneath the thing saying, follow us and we'll follow you, then you can send a message in. Uh, send them on there, or if uh, I'm in various different groups on WhatsApp stuff, and you guys have sent me them in here. And that's where we're going to start with our first one. He says, quickly trying to press the buttons and produce stuff at the same time. Um, so what, with, with these Reds hot take, I kind of just want you to send in either what you thought about the game that's just gone, or your just general opinion on something Forest-based that you think, do you know what? I've thought about this for a while, and I want everybody else to agree with what I'm saying. So I'm going to go with the man I'll always call my hero. Help me out with uh, towards tickets for going to Wembley, or one for my dad, for David Jones. And uh, away we go with David's Red Hot Take. Hi to all at Forever Forest. This is Dave from Rotherham. Uh, and my red hot take is, as I live close to the M1, I can report that the M1 is currently a massive car park as 35,000 Forest fans take to the road to offer to drive John Joe Shelby to Leeds. Also, Elanga's pace Friday night. What a cheat code that's going to be. Very exciting. Can I just say, I love cheat code being used in that situation. And uh, yeah, we've heard, uh, again, this is why I try not to listen to these too much, though I will be let down by one time. Someone bringing out really, you know that Kieran Curtis, you always kicked a dog in a river around my house once. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I know you like dogs. Let's Kieran. not start that rumour. That's <laughs> that's not a thing. Definitely not a thing. I know my voices are absolutely top notch. It said no one ever. That was me saying that. It's not true. I know, I know but I really don't want, mate, Kurt Zuma's going to have to live with the animal abuse uh story for quite a while i don't even breathe any air into such a rumor you know one of the worst people you could say that about is kieran as well because he's got a dog that's not only named after the god of rock and roll but it also looks like it could rip your throat out so i never would have uh gone down that route uh thoughts on john joe selvey's exit before the uh the transfer window where would you drive him to kieran or uh, lisa or what are you thinking on that one so i was chatting to my mate today i, I i'm in a few different chats as well and a lot of leeds fans in those chats and all of them said they think it's bollocks. They don't believe that it will be that it'll happen. I'd, I'd love it to. Their argument is that all their moves have been surprises, like Ampadu and Rodon. They didn't know about it until it was at medical stage. They find it highly unlikely that they'd leak anything like that. Maybe it, maybe it would be on our side because we want to uh, GR fans up. But yeah, would love for it to happen. Think it would make sense be a decent signing at the championship level i don't I, even mean this but i just i just don't want them to not be interested i saw a thing from copper you know copper 90 of the call they do like the various football stuff and they did a thing today about footballers who've got really one one main skill so it's like hard tackling so and so so and so and it was diagonal passes john joe shelby like, really? <laughs> Didn't know about that. Uh, i'm now going to move over to the wonderful world of i still call it twitter i don't know what it's called anymore x it's Twitter. Uh, we heard, for, yeah, but it's when it says retweet, that's gone now. It says now it says repost. So we're going to hear from uh, uh, Lisa. You heard this wonderful tones of this this chat last year, last week. Kieran uh, wasn't on the pod, but he would have heard it, no doubt. Uh, he's known as at Caponosity. So if you do need him to read out any stories for your kids before bed, I would definitely uh, invest in that because he's he's basically the sound of warm chocolate. Uh, it's Edward, and uh, last week he was worried about the potential changing of the glass in the executive boxes. This week, it's this. I think Friday night highlighted the fact that you need an extra body in midfield, be it Yates, Kuyate, or anyone the club decides to bring in in the remainder of the transfer window. 4-3-3 seems to be the formation that may best suit the squad rather than 3-5-2 because you cannot surrender midfield against anyone. 
in the Premier League. I kind of feel afterwards, I never want to be loud. But at the same time, I've almost not listened to what Edward said because I'm so mesmerized by his tone of voice. Lisa, 4-3-3 versus the... I mean, do you, that is a bit of a conversation regarding the shackles off, like we were saying, isn't it? Whether you do go that more. I have genuinely changed the tone of my voice since Edward's been on. Uh, Lisa, how do, how do you feel about your voice and whether it's 4-3-3 or 3-5-2? Well, he, he hit the nail on the head, didn't he? Exactly what we said ourselves. Uh, I'm still mesmerised by, by his accent. Um, that, yes, we need 4-3-3 on Saturday, 100%. Kieran, you'd go at United, would you? Or do you, do you think we need to hold on for a little bit and then just start nibbling at them? Well, I think the players that we've got, if Alanga is there, we know we've got someone who is going to try and take players on around the outside. He will run and run and run. We used to say that about Brennan, but I don't think he's had the benefit of having the ball at his feet enough to really go on one of those runs yet. Look, if that front three, whoever it is, winger plus... Morgan Gibbs-White and Taiwo, we're always going to have something that, that's going to be dangerous on the break. We've already proven it a couple of times this season. So it's not dig in and sit deep. It's just be disciplined. And and the decision for Coops is to nail down that midfield because I think we need bodies in it and then we'll play on the counter. I don't think we should sacrifice it to United and give them the space. You know, when you said around the outside, all I've heard ever since is the trailer park girls going around the outside. So that's, I kind of, again, miss most of that. So I'm going to move on to a longtime friend, uh, friend of the uh, the show, uh, who um, it's interesting because I can see all the messages he sent here about something. And he just put something about a crocodile found to have made herself pregnant in first known virgin birth, which was sent from in June. That's interesting. But here is uh, the comments from the wonderful Elliot. Here we go, Elliot. Hi Forever Forest, Elliot here. I'm just so grateful to Matt Turner for uh, saving that shot, which from the Worrell and McKenna era, because I feel we would have had a situation with Bournemouth at home where we would have lost that game and everyone would have been disappointed. Really hope they sort out that grey clock on the scoreboard because I couldn't see the timer. Uh, keep doing what you're doing and up the reds. I don't know about this clock thing. I've heard a bit about it. You guys, you were there. What's gone on with it? Have we lost the, the potato men completely gone now? You know, the old potato men in the 90s with the, the jazzy arms. Are they gone? Or is it just all the, uh, you know, is it the... Oh, is it, potato men have been there a while, back. mate. I just thought, well, the thing is, I haven't looked for him for a long time. And I always used to be more Trenton and see him above the West Bridge, which I've often been lower end of. But um, what is these clocks? What are we talking about? The big screens, they they change the formatting on them. And the, the clock is quite small. It's hard to read. Is it a proper clock? It's also it's also grey on grey, so it really was difficult to read. Well, uh, yeah, change that up. Thank you very much, Elliot, and you'll be glad to say I haven't yet got to the stage where I've been talking about the earthworms again. So this one's interesting because this has come from Emma. So Emma, I'd normally chat to more on Instagram, and Emma's got the same profile picture as Lisa where she's with Felipe for some reason. Um, so her hot take, which she said, I have to read out because she doesn't like her voice. So I said I could do any voice now is I'm going to say hot take. We need to play with three in midfield, especially when we don't have a full strength defense. Yates needs to be in a team. I said before the game, Sheffield United are physical. He's our only physical player. Plus we're better than he's in the team. Uh, he must start. I didn't even put a voice on Emma. Sorry. That game is, is his type of game. 
Well, that's a typical 1970s woman voice. We're just on it tonight, aren't we, guys? It baffled me. He didn't start. Uh, the two in midfield, I think, was the cause of many players seemingly underperforming. I fully agree with you there, Emma. And she said uh, she didn't like her voice and she'll get flustered like I did when I saw Felipe in the flesh, which I didn't mean to read out, but I did, Emma. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the hot takes. Uh, Kieran and Lisa, got any hot takes on the weekend or anything, Forrestie, before we uh, wrap up here? Or is it uh, time to go and have some pie and mash? Kieran, over to you first. My hot take, right? And I don't think anyone's going to agree with me on this. Uh, but Chris Wood or no, I think we're still lacking a striking option. Right. Uh, now, when Taiwo goes off to AFCON, we're going to be without him for up to four games. Either we're going to play a very direct brand of football to Chris Wood, or we need to sign someone who's a bit more young and athletic. And I'm going to put it out there, right? And I know I'll get pelters for this, but Keenan Davis fits that mould of someone who could sit on the bench and just step into that role. And Lisa, you can shake your head at me. Do you think Keenan Davis would work in that role? Um, uh, no, I look, I've, I've only got the evidence, as I'm sure Lisa, what, Lisa obviously doesn't agree with you on this, of the time we saw with him, which was great. Really amazing physical. We went on about the pod enough times, didn't we, saying I could bust through people, a bit Collymore-esque at times. But injury-wise and stuff since and that before, I mean, Lisa, are you going to throw pelters at Kieran there or what? Well, it's just it was exactly the same as the conversation we had the other week. As, as if Serge goes, are we going to bring back Jed? The, no, <laughs> I'll just no. Fine, Me. fine, but give me someone of that ilk. That's what I want. I want someone Jesse, that get, get, get Jesse Lingard back on two hundred grand a week. Fine, put him up front. We're Good. not West Ham, mate. Seriously, have you heard yourselves? You want to take a long, hard look at yourself, Kieran? Come <laughs> on, Lisa. Have you got any red hot takes? We're not signing Keenan Davis. We're not signing Jed Spence. But we're going to sign someone. That's An it. Argentinian World Cup winner. Maybe. I'm hearing he's in the country. Who knows? I've been translating things like crazy. We've all been having a look at things. <laughs> Uh, I thought your hot take was going to be what I saw, I think, for your other half saying about the dog knocking on the door in the morning and actually just wanting this. What was it? It's, it's a nice animal story at the end, like that's life. Knocking on the door, thinking he needed to lay an egg. And what did he want? He wanted to go into the living room and sit on the armchair on his blanket and just chill out. He's a very pampered pooch. But you have not got there without your help. He's still recovering from his operation. We needed, oh, I see. So no. So you've got you by the balls. My cat would be coming and scratching on if I had one. So just go, just what you know, I think you're a dick. And just walked away. Um, so anyway, that's it. That's us for this week. It's been a pleasure to see both of you. Uh, we will be back next Monday recording when we do. So we're looking for more of your red hot takes. Uh, we'll be firing those out. All the best with the fancy league for all of you. And we'll be back after Manchester United and we'll be in your ears a week tomorrow. Although this will be in your ears now. So Lisa and Kieran, you reds. Yes. You reds. Hey!